all the importance you have is totally irrelevant. That's the only way this message becomes an optionless state. Seriously. It is an optionless state, but the only way it can be held as an optionless state is if you, as a you, has no option concerning it. Because if the you has an option concerning it, it will not be an optionless state. It will be a state based on the you's attention to it or not. Yeah? So in a sense, you may entertain, oh yes, I've heard God is everywhere, but you'll be the one who bumps into him or not in everywhere. It'll still be based on you. You can be everywhere and not feel the presence of everywhere, can't you? I mean, why aren't you bumping into what we call God? If he's everywhere, why aren't you bumping into it? Because you and I believe we're in a special somewhere. What's that but playing God? What is that but playing God? And now recovery program says, the how and why of it is to quit playing God. How many times do you hear that at meetings? Very rarely, because people don't know what the fuck it means. Check it out, find out. What does it mean to play God? And who could possibly play, be playing God? If it says quit playing God, it must mean it's probably you playing God. Now, if you try to stop playing God, that's also playing God. Yeah? That's God now playing, it's time to stop playing God. But you recognize you're not that, and that's how the playing God is quit, because it has to have God-like energy to play God. If it doesn't have that, that's why it's playing it, but it convinces you, and it uses your God-like energy to play God with. So when you quit playing God, you realize, what's playing God? I am not. And then God wakes up to it being God, instead of giving the God-like qualities to this insane mental process. Just like Ramana Maharshi says, when you know God, it's being God. That's exactly what it's like. But when this is playing God, you're not seemingly being God. You are that, but you're not being it. Because you're letting this play God. Yeah? You're giving all of your God-like ability to entertain and entertain possibilities and give meaning to things and all this. You're giving all that to this mental process, crowned with this idea of being a self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And then that funnels all the meaning and all the ability to entertain into one small, very small box of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. Now the light of all lights gets filtered through that and creates this bleak little experience you may be having. We were talking in Chicago, you know, could you imagine if everyone who's running around today would just pause? What would their first mental reaction to that pause be? They'd be unsatisfied. They've got to get to the shopping center. They've got to get to the store. They've got to get to the oval to run their 50 laps they feel they need to do to feel like they have any value today. They've got to go to the swimming pool. They've got to do this. they got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to. And that pause, that moment of taking, of stopping, would seem to be an obstacle to their determined self-seeking that they had. Seeking, 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 seeking. A finding something is just a speed bump. It immediately, you may stop and go, oh, wow, that's what I've been looking for, and then it's just seeking continues. You just keep on going. The mind just keeps on going. Because in the seeking, there's, there's a sense of being the seeker. See? So in the seeking, and its whole point isn't to seek, it's to be the seeker. So with all that verbing of seeking, it can identify itself as the seeker. Yeah. Paul. Now Paul is seeking what? 
Relief from what? The seeking. But how can he as a seeker? He's wedded with that verb. If the seeking would stop, what would happen? The reflection of the seeker would also stop. He would see, and maybe at that time, in a sense, you'd be a finder. At that moment, the seeking stopped, and the seeking would stop reflecting the sense of being the seeker. That's the finding. Finding what? What's looking? Because now you see, the you that's looking for is what's looking, but actually what's seeing. And all day, when seeing comes through this apparatus, which it's doing, and and the apparatus is identified as the seeker, as the seer, that's what turns it into what's looking for. So the you, the seeing, now becomes identified as this, it becomes the you that's looking. And every way it looks is a really a way of being blind to the seeing. No matter how functionally beautiful or traditionally noble way of looking it is, the mind uses it as a way of being blind to its natural state of seeing. Because there's no need for a seer. There needs for a looker. Seeing is just a verb. It's happening all the time with no break. Looking is something we believe we do. I can look, or I can look away. I can look, or I can stop looking. But seeing can't be stopped. It can't be started. It's not an experience. It's, a, it's not even, I wouldn't even, state isn't the right word for it, but let's just say an optionless state. In other words, all there is is seeing, all there is is consciousness. It's an optionless state. That optionless state is is moving through an apparatus in which it sees in like five different ways. And then it also has mental experiences. It just doesn't have sense experiences of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. It has an experience of opening thoughts. You get a vague feeling that you're in next Friday. You're actually not seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting next Friday, but there's a feeling as if you've been transported to next Friday yet. You may be driving your car, and then a train of thought will capture your attention, and it will be as if you've been transported off of Highway 101, and you'll be at that office that you think you're going to be fired in next week. You're not seeing it, hearing it, feeling it, tasting it, but it feels like you've become a time traveler. There's a sense that you're definitely not on Highway 101, but you're in the office, because you're feeling all the anxiety you would expect to feel if you're walking into your boss's office, thinking you're going to get fired. But it's happening actually on Highway 101 when there's a Volvo on the left side and a Volkswagen on the right side. And you're just cruising. But you've actually had a mental experience of next Friday. It can't capture the whole panoramic experience we have of now, but it does a pretty good job with what it's got, which is just thoughts and a lot of memory. Yeah? And of course your captured attention to liven it up. So you can seem to experience next Friday, this Saturday. You can. You can have an experience of being anxious about next Friday, but the anxiety will be now, this Saturday. But it will really be a reaction to next Friday. So you're reacting to a mental experience, which is next Friday, and you're experiencing its effects now as anxiety. Yeah. 
So the minds entertaining what's not happening will override or become a predominant experience in what's happening. That's crazy. The mind reaction to what's not happening will make a, a predominant experience in what's happening. You will feel the anxiety that's a product of what's not happening now. Now, if that ain't playing God, I don't know what is. Literally. That it won't even accept, basically, what's happening. It will go to a mythical what's not happening, produce a product, download it, so that there'll be an experience of that what's not happening now. I mean, that's a God, baby. That's a God that doesn't brook any other God. That's a jealous, envious God. <laughs> it's going to smoke you, bro. <laughs> if you don't do what it wants, it's going to smoke you. It's like the Old Testament God. So it goes in there, makes up its little reality, downloads it to the poor body, because the body's only going to respond or react to the, whatever the mind thinks is happening, unfortunately. It's connected to that. So now, this is the place where this thing plays God. Yeah? It can't play God now. It, can, it plays God now, but not with now. It plays God now with time. So you get absorbed in the past, the future, or your history, I'm an angry person, or this or that. And therefore, in this moment, which is like a, almost like a clean canvas, you put an underlying coat of yellow. Alright? So whatever the day paints, it'll still be bleached through with the yellow. Yeah? So it's like a god who gets into the art gallery. He paints all the canvases yellow, and then these great creative things start painting, but all the people see is the yellow bleeding through the great artist's painting. So this life is painting a beautiful day, or whatever it is, every day, beautiful, new, exquisite design, but there's this bleaching out of the yellow of the god playing of the self. Yeah? It sucks. <laughs> Thailand's just like Burlingame. It sucks. I've been here a couple of days. It's the same old, same old. I hate it here. You know? Oh, my new girlfriend's great. Three months later. Ah, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything. Oh, this and that. It's just constantly. You just have to see it. It's playing God. And if you don't, it says, please, quit playing God. It's the how and why of all of recovery. Why? It doesn't work. If it would work, it would be great, and you'd be showing the benefits of it. But if you're showing the benefits of it's not working, neuroses and anxiety and nerve shot and liver's shot and digestion screwed up and skin breaking out and hair falling out and all this stuff. Of, actually, this ain't you, it's just your apparatus, but it's, it's like the canvas of your mind playing God. It's painting an incredible picture. It's like the it's like the reverse of the picture of Dorian Gray. You ever see that movie? <laughs> the picture's still beautiful, but he's getting uglier and uglier. Where before, you know what I mean? He would stay beautiful and uh, now <laughs> he has an idea that he's great, but it's going downhill fast. So this message is just stating a fact. Find out if it's true or not for you if you like. If it becomes true for you, the facts will illuminate what aren't facts in your life. So you will see what you're not, and in seeing what you're not, that's the act of being what you are, because you'll be seeing yeah, what you're not, finally. There isn't a you that sees what you're not. There is not a you that sees what you're not. There's just seeing 
of the you, which is what you're not. In that act of seeing, that's the verb of consciousness. That's consciousness being conscious of. That's being. That's the true being of this place, which is consciousness being conscious of. Yeah. It's being. Just like a runner would run, that would be a verb of a runner. Consciousness is conscious of. That's its verb, in a sense. It's conscious of. So in the consciousness of, you see the seeing. In the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching, the thinking, you see the seeing being demonstrated. You don't see it. There's just the seeing of it. The demonstration of consciousness here. Being what? Conscious. And then you see this as something that can be conscious or unconscious. Because this isn't seeing. This is a dualistic apparatus. This is something that is defined by split mind. It's either or, yes, no, good, bad, love, hate, um, yin, yang, close, far, centered, not centered, connected, not connected, conscious, not conscious. But all there is is consciousness takes out the whole parlor trick of conscious and unconscious, doesn't it? If you, if not, I'm not saying you, if the mind was resting in the fact of all there is is consciousness, it wouldn't be fooled by the appearance of, of the mind saying, I'm really conscious today, or I'm not conscious today. Again, basing itself on being God. Yeah? Because you, when you wake up and go, hey, I'm really feeling conscious today, what is it that you first do? You try to see what you did to bring this about, don't you? What did I do this week that I'm feeling so conscious? Did I meditate? And it's always about you, isn't it? It's always... The relevance of the consciousness that you think you're having is based on somehow you did something or didn't do something. Yeah. It was all predicated on you. That's playing God. Also, when you're unconscious, what it happens? It's always you look back and what did I do? I didn't meditate this week. I didn't do these things. I didn't do my prayers. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And therefore, I'm unconscious. Who's playing God? If you realize, oh, there is this consciousness, prayers is fine, or this and that, but your condition is not determined by what you do or don't do. Your condition is a prior condition to you determining anything. All there is is consciousness. All there is is seeing. No matter how many pair of glasses you put on to make yourself look better, or to look better, it's all there is to seeing behind every pair of glasses. The only value a pair of glasses has to me is that they'll lead you to taking themselves off. So seeing occurs, which is always occurring, but it's difficult it's like we were talking the other day. The fish in the water. Yeah. Does the fish know it's wet? Probably not. Yet it's been wet every second of every moment in this place. But if a hook goes down in that water, and someone catches that fish and pulls it on the deck, it's going to recognize the importance of the water by its absence. It's going to be flapping around like crazy on that deck, you know? Waiting to get in that freaking water. While it was in the water, it had no idea, probably it was wet, or how important it was, it was just seeing through it, you know, clams and kelp and other fish. But suddenly it gets pulled out and it's flapping around. What I believe some of us here, like you have beautiful boots and this and that, but we're just fish flapping on the deck. <laughs> and so it's, we're watching the flapping. Oh, she looks so good, but she's flapping on the freaking deck. 
Oh, I'd really like to have what he has, but you're flapping on a freaking <laughs> like this. So, just like we say, if you go to a cafe today, did you hear anyone talk about the effects of gravity? Seriously. Did you hear someone complaining about gravity? Have you? Never. Yet gravity is affecting this body every second of the day. Do you have any sense of it? Do you experience it? Never. You're experiencing it all the time, so you never experience it. In AA it says, you know, fear is a corroding thread that runs through the fabric of our life. So let's say if I was born, someone put a hand on my shoulder. Now it's been there the whole time. Would you know it was there? Why? Because it's always there. Exactly. The mind has a difficult time recognizing what's always so. It just doesn't... It's not aware of it, yeah? This presence is always so. That's why it seems like it's not so at all. Because of its quality, it's always so. So in the conditioned mind, it can't recognize what's always so. It's just like the sky. The sky, when people usually get to say, hey, did you see the sky today? They're actually talking about the clouds in it. They're not really ever talking about the sky. They usually talk about the cloud formations. The sky is like an open space, yeah? Anything happens in there. When planes are flying through the sky, they never bump into the sky, do they? If you're off, hey, I almost hit some sky. No, it's, it's just a name for a space that allows a lot of stuff to happen in it. Clouds happen in it, rain comes down, explosions, 4th of July, but it doesn't rent the sky open. The sky never bleeds with giant bombs going off in it. Everything can happen in it, but it's not affected by any of the appearances, Yes? So you and I are like a cloud appearing in that sky. We're like something that's appearing in the soup, in the content of the soup, but we're not but we are actually the context, we're the bowl. The bowl receives everything. It can have chili in it, it can have oatmeal in it, it can have soup in it, it can have money thrown in it, but it doesn't change. Whatever's put in it doesn't affect the bowl. Yeah? The bowl has a purpose, it holds. This space is holding all the appearances that are happening in it. You are that space. You are the conscious space that's aware and conscious of what's appearing in it. But we're identified with a mental process that says that I, in an appearance, is what I am. I am, part, I am a content in the soup, thinking it's the context. And I'm trying to make sense. Why am I floating around with all these pieces of soup? Yeah? When I'm in the context, why are all these things happening to me? You don't understand, when you're in the soup, everything runs into each other. You're thinking, why is life happening to me this way? Because you've seen yourself as a piece of the soup when you're the context. Yeah. So life is happening because of that space. Life is happening to, or the soup is happening to, a piece of the soup. Most of our views, our point of view is life is happening to me because you're taking yourself to be a chunk of meat in the soup. Then the soup can be too hot, it can be too cold, it can be too, too little noodles, too salty, not enough spice, I'm not running into the nice other pieces of meat in there and everything like that. And this whole drama of being a piece of meat in the soup occurs. But in fact, you're the bowl, you're the seeing of it all. Now, if it's working out great as a piece of meat in the soup, go ahead. But what starts out hot is going to get cold here. Yeah? 
What isn't eaten will be eaten. What arises goes down, but nothing affects that space. So, like Jesus supposedly said, you're in this world, but not of it. So, let's say we're in this soup, but we're not of the soup. And that's what makes it easy to swim in the soup, is to realize you're not of it. And all the feeling, touching, tasting, smelling, thinking, there's a seeing behind it all. Without the seeing, the experience of looking is not seeing. Seeing is all there is. Yeah? When it moves through here, it can have an experience of looking, but it doesn't mean there was no seeing before and no seeing after that experience of looking. All there is is seeing. There's, there's these experiences of its effects here, and we're sort of wrapped up in the effects of the, of, of the seeing. But the seeing is all there is, and it's never-ending seeing. It doesn't start or stop. It's so complete, we're not recognizing it. Why are we recognizing it? Because we're trying to look for it as a you. Yeah? And the you is the blindness. That one eye, like I think Jesus said in another gospel, if, if your eye be single, your body will be full of light. It's exactly like that. This is so dualistic. You have these two eyes and two hemispheres of the brain, and inhalation, exhalation. This whole thing is, an, is a, a total, total demonstration of duality. Yet there's a singularity in us, which is the seeing. So without, when this body, it's not meaning the body, the body of what you are is single, it's full of light. When it becomes this body of duality, it can be light or dark. It's the same light. When the eye's mind, the, the mind's eye is single, the body will be full of light. Now, I'm not talking about physical body. So when that is single, when you're seeing all there is is consciousness, then you're full of light. When you're seeing yourself as this, you can be light or not. Yeah? It can be light and dark. You're defined by the, the appearances, which is dualistic. Yeah? So there seems to be good and evil, hot and cold, close and far, conscious and unconscious. And you're going to be playing in those degrees, you know, and it will be based on you. You'll be saying, I'm really conscious, and then you'll look at what you did to have that happen. And, oh, I'm really unconscious, and then you'll look at what you did to have that happen. So it's just an activity of playing God. The self-centered mind is playing God here. With all the qualities of God. So it's taking this undifferentiated light and making it into differentiation. I can be close to light, I can be far from light. Who's going to define if I'm close? Me. Who's going to define if I'm far? Me. I would say that's God playing, don't you think? <laughs> Who's based? I'm getting closer to the center. Who's that based on? You. Uh-oh, I did something really terrible. I've been thrown away from the center. Who's that based on? You. I would say that's playing God. So how can there be a center in everywhere? Tell me. Where's the center of everywhere? Is it over there? I mean, obviously, the center and everywhere would be everywhere. What kind of journey do you have to plan to take to everywhere, from everywhere? Have you called up a travel agent and asked for a ticket? I'm, I'm leaving from everywhere, and I want to get to everywhere. Can I get a local, uh, can I get a coach? 
Like, I don't need a round trip. I just need a one-way, because it's everywhere, right? So, I'm in everywhere. I want to get to everywhere. Can you tell me how to do it? Well, I hate to break the news to you. You're there. What? Yes, you, know, you can cancel the trip. You're in everywhere already. But I want to get to everywhere. But you're everywhere already. But it, I, everywhere doesn't seem to be everywhere to me. Exactly. You want to get to your concept of everywhere, which is somewhere. Yeah. So you want to make sure this special somewhere can go to somewhere you call everywhere. And then it's going to be great when you, as a special somewhere, get to that everywhere. But you're everywhere, buying a ticket for everywhere. What's looking is what you're looking for.
this whole story that he is the all-supreme, all-knowing one. And yet when he passes a verdict, you still don't take it to life. It still gets what? It gets spun by your head. Into, he's actually told me to keep practicing. No, he didn't. He said, hey, everything's okay, just as it is. What? <laughs> That's why all authorities fail you, because you become, you're still the final authority. No matter how much authority you give someone, you'll still be the one. Yeah. You'll still be passing judgment on the judgment they pass. Someone says, hey, you're okay, bro. I know I will be okay. No, you're okay. No, I will be okay. No, you're okay. Thank you for saying that. i got to get busy willing me. <laughs> i got to do something to get okay fast. No, you're okay now. What do you have to do with that? If you're okay now. The next step is you'll become un-okay because you'll have something to do with that. You may admit that, hey, I am okay now, but it won't last because I have the power to make it un-okay. Won't you? Even when you work really hard to get to that okay state and someone who you respect and even yourself goes, okay, you're okay. How long does it last? How long can you have the ability to enjoy peace of mind? Or when does the siren go off and back on the seeking trail? Who are you really looking for? Your own approval, really. From the head, that's never going to give you approval because it approves and disapproves. That's what it does. It can be convinced and unconvinced, like that. How many times have you sincerely believed in recovery? I've heard the, I've heard the most sincere, sincere pleas of the demise of their condition, the incomprehensible demoralization. And then the next day, they're still out there doing what they were doing. They're totally unconvinced. They were totally convinced for about an hour, half hour, now they're totally unconvinced again. You don't, this don't waste time even attempting to convince this. It's pointless. You just realize it's not you. Yeah. When, when your nature becomes an optionless state, that's how it can stabilize for you. Yes? You'll rest and have an assurance of it. It's something to rely on because it's not based on your determining what, if it's so or not. It's so. Yeah? It's so, and that so will override your, your vote of it being so or not so, based on how you feel that day. It's so, 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 or that unspoken yes, on, 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 it will echo constantly. Never deviates, never says maybe, never says, well, I don't know, not today. It's so, 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 yeah. And you get convinced in your gut, yes? Unspoken, yes. So then the head, when it presents, well, I think I'm really going to sign up on your journey now, Paul. I think I've come to, to admit that you were right. There is only truth. Hey, too late, Bo. <laughs> the boat left a long time ago. You're still on that shore. Make up your little sandcastles. Bye-bye, bye-bye. You know, they always wants to reinsert itself, yeah? As, as an active partner of the life, even when it's seen not to have anything to do with it. It still wants to wiggle in there and make a, let me make a mark here. Maybe I was here. I had something to do with this. No, you don't. At all. all your shenanigans are totally irrelevant to the surface of consciousness. All it does is see it. It has no opinion of it. It's not taking it into having any real meaning. It just sees it as it sees everything else. 
what you're taking so seriously is being seen as something taking itself so seriously. So rule 62, don't take yourself so seriously. Jeez, please. Aren't you bored of it yet? Can you imagine if someone talked to you like your head talks to you? You would have left that person freaking in five minutes. <laughs> if I knew someone was coming over like that, that would be it. I'd do a laundry. I'd leave out the back door. And, uh, all right, let's represent what never even happened again. All right, let's go. If I wouldn't have drank that night, and if I didn't get in my car, and I didn't drive to that bar, that, and if I really remembered that there was only two people in that bar, I wouldn't have walked across the street, and I wouldn't have got hit by that car, and if I didn't get hit by a car, both my legs would be good, I'd probably be running eight miles, and it'd probably be, I'd be on the Riviera running eight miles, or Monte Carlo, and I'd be, well, I'd be like a short model, and a shorts model, and a sandal model, instead I'd have, my whole career was ruined by getting run over. <laughs> What if, if only I should have, with the all sense that it would have been better? Haven't been sense that? Don't you see, when it makes you want to want something, it has to make what it's, what it's telling you you want to seem like it'd be really important if you had it. Yeah? And when you have it, it doesn't seem to be much important. It doesn't, it moves on to the next thing. But isn't it, it's always put something that's not in your location of, oh, I'd really be great if I had that. <laughs> Conversely, that I'm not great without it. Yes, you see, that's not mine. It's playing with us like Turkish taffy. Pulls this way, pulls that way. It's just like, and we just keep claiming every one of his expressions as ours. It's unbelievable. You could be taken over by the most intense parasite and you'll still be claiming it to your deathbed it was you. to see that. You, to see the state of that in a foreign installment is the only possibility of being free of it. If you're trying to see it as you, it's only about therapizing and improving and getting better. Yes? But the fact is, if you can see it as a foreign installment, that it's not you, you, your mind can entertain being free of it. Like that. And if you stoke that little, maybe it's just a little kernel that's gotten a little flame and it's cooking. If you stoke it, that ability, that entertainment, that could be free of it. Guess what? It can appear to be so for you here. That you will travel as if, for all intents and purposes, you are free of it. Yeah? You will outgrow the fear of today, tomorrow, and hereafter. You will be reborn. You'll have a new attitude and a new outlook. You'll have a new sense of happiness and joy. You'll understand the word peace and serenity and all this stuff. All these are just a shift of mind. They're just expressions of a shift of mind. We went over last night the serenity prayer. In recovery, it says, you know, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot, right? Change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom no different. What is the serenity prayer but a man-made substitute towards until you get into that pause? of a spiritual condition. That's all it is. It's trying to manipulate you into a pause before there's an, an initial reaction of self-centered mind to a situation based on false evidence appearing real. So we say a prayer. But that's just a stopgap measure. When a psychic change happens, you live the statement of that prayer. 
you have the serenity, it's not yours, but you're in the serenity to accept the things. You have the courage to change the things you can. And you know that you have the wisdom of no difference. Because there isn't a you there. Yeah? The you's never going to have the wisdom of no difference. Because it's appearing, it's living on false evidence. So how does it know what's going on? It's a subjective experience. Yeah? It's never going to have the courage to do things. It's based in fear. Its whole activity is, is based in anxiety. Where is it going to have courage? The only courage it ever has is based on fear anyway. Yeah? And the serenity, there's no serenity in such an agitated mind. There's no peace. The mind itself, its movement is chaotic. It's like a swell on the water produced by heavy winds. It's just going off. Yeah? It's all jumbled and bumbled. There's no serenity in a mind like that. But when something occurs, when there's an entertaining, I'm not that, then what that prayer implies is a living way of going about things. Yeah. And so you know a pause now. You're not having to make a man-made substitute for it. You know what a pause is, which is a, a timeless moment in a linear time frame. There's an eternity in a pause. If there's a recognition of seeing, and there's not a reacting from the looking, then there's a pause. That pause you can live in. You can live as. So everything that prayers and all these things are meant to point at aren't going to take you there. They're, they're ways of, they're substitutes until there's an, not an arrival, but there's a recognition I wasn't the thing that had to go there. Because there, there wasn't a reality of where this thing thinks it is. I'm not in a hell. Until then, we have all these little tricks to keep ourselves a little bit sane here. But the point is, is a psychic shift, a whole new calibration, you travel as that prayer implies. You travel as the statement, there are no big deals in AA. You travel as that. It's not an idea that doesn't hold any water, because everyone is self-sending this thinks everything's a big deal. Give me a break. I mean, you know, getting cinnamon on the latte or not is a huge deal, or taking a bike or not a bike on a trip, or somehow everything becomes a huge deal in self-sendedness, yeah? Like that phone. Yes? Well, I can't get it, because it'll take me long enough to find it before that. So, so, this whole idea of there are no big deals is not something you can acquire or attain. It's, a, it's what happens. It's an effect of when a shift occurs. You see things as no big deal. Yeah? You cease fighting everyone or anything. It's an effect. It's not something, oh, I'm going to start practicing cease fighting everyone and anything. You're now fighting something else. The idea that you're fighting everyone and anything. Literally. If you say, I'm going to now stop fighting everyone and anything, well, that's fighting everyone and everything. Yeah? It's an effect. A lot of the statements are effects. They're, they're trying to describe an effect that came about here, as in the appearance, from a shift in consciousness. Consciousness, instead of in the long-lasting, independent, separate idea of I'm conscious as this, to consciousness of. Yeah? Consciousness of travels very differently in this world than conscious as this does. Yeah? They're both based on consciousness, 
The consciousness is the underlying state. One is conscious of, yeah, and one is conscious as this. When you're conscious as this, you can be unconscious to that, the consciousness of. Yeah. And then you need serenity prayers. And then you need these things, and you need them badly until you don't. I've just noted hum, noticed humbly, my level of praying is diminished greatly since I realized, I didn't realize anything, but something occurred. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to stop praying, it just fell off. Because the prayers were like a hope for a substitute to delay something. There was an inevitability, I was seeing false evidences appearing real, but I prayed that maybe, I, maybe it wasn't so. Now there's just a seeing it ain't so. The whole substance of what the prayers imply, you can live from. Yeah? The whole substance of these declarations, I've surrendered my will, my life, who the hell is that? You can live surrendered. Yeah? The declarations are there to convince what you're not to get a little more malleable, so then the shift can occur, so that when you are what you, when, when, when you are, what you are, you don't make that many declarations. You're busy aring, you know? happening. It's a whole different way of traveling. All these tools in your little toolkit, you can unbuckle the toolkit, you know, keep it around just in case, but you don't have to wear it every day. You know, you're living now. You know. If you don't see false evidence appearing real, where's all the anxiety going to be? I mean, does this right now provoke much anxiety, this meeting? It may boredom it may produce. It may produce a couple of things. But anxiety is not going to be one of the top things it's going to produce, yeah? So if you're experiencing anxiety, it must be produced somewhere else. Yeah? Where is that somewhere else? Can you feel it? Can you see it? Can you taste it? Can you touch it? Where is that someone else? Bring it here. Let's see it. If you've got a solid, real experience from somewhere else, like buying, let's say, a grape. You got it from Italy. All right, Italy. That's what's good. All right, show me Italy. So hey, I have all this anxiety. All right, where did it come from? Next Friday. I'm worried about what's going to happen next Friday. All right. Well, let's bring it here. I think there's enough room in Saturday for next Friday. Let's check it out. Bring it in. So we can all see it. Feel. Ah, uh, well. No, you don't understand. You know, I'm having a mental experience about next Friday. Exactly. You're having a mental experience now by dwelling on next Friday. Yeah? And it's anxiety. And it's creating the physiological effects of fear in your body. And there's no thing to be afraid of. You're just buzzing yourself. You're like electro electrocuting yourself like every five seconds here on, uh, based on what's not happening. That's false evidence appearing here. What's the solution to what's not happening? It's a simple one. Very, very clean. There's no, you don't have to sign up for a subscription. You don't have to re-up it. You don't have to go on a retreat for it. You don't have to get it on an installment plan. The solution to what's not happening is recognizing it's not happening. If you recognize it's not happening, all desire to provide a solution to it is snuffed out. Because it's not happening. 
<laughs> it is such a quick answer. It's unbelievable. It takes absolutely no time at all because it's not happening. You don't have to do anything because it's not happening. All it is is a recognition it's not happening. What happens? Your attention and interest goes to where? What's happening? Hey, this wasn't so bad to begin with. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Exactly, because now you're present. And what you get off on, actually, is you being present. Not what's happening so much, but you here. I don't know. It's simple. Very simple message. People have been entertaining it for a while. I'm, I'm sure it's producing results. That's not its point, but it does. Hopefully you'll travel lighter with it. And hey, by the way, um, no, I was going to give you the secret answer, but I decided. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't done enough yet. <laughs>